Good morning or afternoon, or maybe it's the middle of the night on Sunday, Monday, or even Saturday when you're watching this. But whoever, wherever, and whenever you're joining us for worship here at the Peninsula Churches on the northwest coast of Scotland, you are more than welcome. As we come before God to worship, let us just take a moment to be silent and center ourselves. To stop worrying about all we have still to do in the coming days and weeks, or worse, all that we have not done, all that we have had to leave unfinished. But instead, let us just focus on God, allowing his peace to wash over us. No matter where or when we are watching this, in unity we gather, side by side we welcome, as one we sing. In partnership we pray, in concert we listen, and together we worship. So let us come now and worship our God.
Now let us draw near to our God of love. God of immeasurable love. We are in your presence. You love each one of us and you have no favourites and make no system of hierarchy where some are valued higher than others. Forgive us, Lord, our apathy. Forgive us our lack of courage to speak out against injustice. When some assume a power that is not theirs, forgive us when we walk past and fail to offer solutions. Forgive us when we get things wrong and add to another's plight. We confess that we're afraid sometimes of taking the bold approach and speaking out against discrimination of any kind. We doubt ourselves and our ability to change things. Too often we are slow to come alongside those who are different from us, especially those who are suffering within prejudicial systems. We ask that you would lead us into action, give us strength to be a voice crying for justice and for peace. Help us. Help us to peel off our preconceptions and our assumptions and be more ready to step into the shoes of others and to realise the unacceptability of the way so many systems and institutions maintain injustice and prejudice in the world. May we be a liberating presence and offer love, compassion and whatever is needed to act justly, love mercy and walk humbly with you our God. All our prayers, this our worship, and our lives we offer to you, our God. Amen. Exodus chapter 4, verses 18 to 23. Then Moses went back to Jethro, his father-in-law, and said to him, Let me return to my own people in Egypt to see if any of them are still alive. Jethro said, Go, I wish you well. Now the Lord said to Moses and Midian, Go back to Egypt, for all those who wanted to kill you are dead. So Moses took his wife and sons, put them on a donkey, and started back to Egypt. And he took the staff of God in his hands. The Lord said to Moses, When you return to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh 
all the wonders I have given you the power to do. But I will harden his heart so that he will not let the people go. Then say to Pharaoh, this is what the Lord says. Israel is my firstborn son, and I told you, let my son go so that he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son. From James chapter 2, reading from verse 14. My friends, what good is it for one of you to say that you have faith if your actions do not prove it? Can that faith save you? Suppose there are brothers or sisters who need clothes and don't have enough to eat. What good is there in your saying to them, God bless you, keep warm and eat well, if you don't give them the necessities of life? So it is with faith. If it is alone and includes no actions, then it is dead. But someone will say, one person has faith, another has actions. My answer is, show me how anyone can have faith without actions. I will show you my faith by my actions. Do you believe that there is only one God? Good. The demons also believe and tremble with fear. You fool, do you want to be shown that faith without actions is useless? How was our ancestor Abraham put right with God? It was through his actions when he offered his son Isaac on the altar. Can't you see? His faith and his actions worked together. His faith was made perfect through his actions. And the scripture came true that said, Abraham believed and because of his faith, God accepted him as righteous. And so Abraham was called God's friend. You see then that it is by our actions that we're put right with God and not by our faith alone. It was the same with the prostitute Rahab. She was put right with God through her actions by welcoming the Israelite spies and helping them to escape by a different road. So then, as the body without the spirit is dead, also faith without actions is dead. Amen. And may God bless these words to us today. Recently we've been looking at the women of the Bible, who they were, how they lived their lives, examining the good qualities and the not so good, trying to understand not just how their lives the choices they made, didn't make, or couldn't make affected them and those around them, but also discovering the lessons that we here today can gain from their lives. Today, however, we are not going to be looking at the life of a woman, but instead we're going to be looking at the life of one of the most important men in the Bible. As we explore the inspirational story of Moses, and his struggle with the acceptance of God's call. We join him in Exodus 4, 18 to 23. Short as it may be, this passage unveils the transformative power of obedience, teaching us valuable lessons about embracing God's call and how that can lead us on a journey of purpose, change and impact.
A journey that is not always easy, as Moses was about to discover, but one that is well worth it. And this is a call that if we are willing to listen for it, we will hear in our lives too. No, not the same call, not the same journey, thankfully. But none of us are exempt from God's call. Jesus told us that clearly when he said, If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. If that is not a calling to go on a journey, then I don't know what is. Anyway, back to Moses. Who was he? Well, Moses is known for his role in leading the Israelites out of slavery in Egypt and guiding them towards the promised land. His story is recorded in the book of Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy. Moses was born during a time when the Israelites, who were once so welcomed by Pharaoh, were now, out of fear, enslaved by the Egyptians. To save them from a decree that had been made stating that all Hebrew baby boys should be killed, Moses' mother had placed him in a basket and floated him down the River Nile. He was then found by Pharaoh's daughter who raised him as her own. Things could have, should have been easy for Moses, living a sheltered life of luxury. But all that changed on the day he killed an Egyptian slave master who was beating a Hebrew slave. Fearing for his life, Moses fled across the Red Sea to Midian, where he met and married Zipporah and started a family. Once more, Moses was living a relatively easy life compared to what was to come. And things might have stayed that way, However, we are told that during the time that Moses was living in exile, the king of Egypt died. The Israelites groaned in their slavery and cried out. And their cry for help because of their slavery went up to God. God heard their groaning and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. So God looked on the Israelites and was concerned about them. Strange as it may sound, it was because of this concern that God had for his people that one day when out walking in the desert, Moses encountered a burning bush. A bush that was on fire but wasn't consumed by the flames. From this bush, God called to Moses, telling him to lead the Israelites out of Egypt and into the land promised to their ancestors. Now, while you might think that having God talking to you directly would mean that you would automatically do what you were told, Moses was not like that. No, he put up a fight and argued with God, telling him, Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? Then, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they asked me, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? He then continued arguing, saying, what if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, the Lord did not appear to you? However, each time Moses spoke, 
God had an answer for him. An answer that even included the use of a miraculous staff. Finally, in a desperate attempt, Moses tells God, Pardon your servant, Lord. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And finally, he just gives up and begs, saying, Pardon your servant, Lord. Please send someone else. All of which does nothing to change God's plans. Instead, the Lord's anger burned against Moses and he said, What about your brother Aaron the Levite? I know he can speak well. He is already on his way to meet you and he will be glad to see you. You shall speak to him and put words in his mouth. I will help both of you speak and will teach you what to do. He will speak to the people for you and it will be as if he were your mouth and as as if you were God to him. But take this staff in your hand so you can perform the signs with it. And it's at this point that Moses gave up arguing. It's also at this point that we meet Moses in our reading today. He has found out how futile it is to argue with God and has agreed reluctantly to do as he was told. Moses, along with his brother Aaron, go and confront Pharaoh and demand the release of the Israelites. Through a series of miraculous plagues, Pharaoh finally, and extremely unwillingly, relents, allowing the Israelites to leave, thus beginning the great exodus, which is where this book gets its name from. But interesting as all that is, what does that story teach us today? Well, firstly, it shows us that God's call is unusual, to say the least. It's not something that comes only to the good, to those living highly spiritual lives of peace and perfection. Because, let's face it, if that was the case, nobody would ever be called. But rather God calls us, us, but rather God calls us as we are. And that often means he finds us in our moments of doubt and reluctance. Moses was a murderer, living in exile, Someone who would never choose to be a leader. But God saw something in him. A gift that only he had. A gift that only he could use. I wonder, what is your gift? What is my gift? Because we do each have one. We have one and we are called to use it for the glory of God's kingdom. Listen to these words taken from the book of James. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save them? Suppose a brother or a sister is without clothes and daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, Faith by itself, if not accompanied by action, is dead. But some will say, you have faith, I have deeds. 
Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. You believe that there is one God? Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. James tells us faith by itself, if not accompanied by actions, is dead. Therefore, I ask you again, what is your gift and how are you being called to use it? Just think about that for a moment. So God's call is unusual. But Moses' story shows us something else. You see, Moses hesitated when God called him, and I think that's putting it mildly. He felt inadequate and uncertain. However, God assured him that he would be with him. And this should remind us that our faith too is rooted in God's promise and presence. For you see, God's call was never about Moses' ability or his inadequacy. It was about God's sufficiency working through him. And praise be to God for that, because just like Moses, none of us are perfect. Yet God can work through us, even sadly at times despite us. So now you've had a little time to think about what your gift is and how you've been called to use it. I ask you, what if anything is stopping you from stepping out in faith? Is it a lack of confidence? Worry that you might be wrong, or that you'll be laughed at, that you're too young or too old, or worse still, that you will make a mistake. Moses struggled with all these fears and more, yet he discovered something amazing, that saying yes to God is always better than the alternative. At this point, I would like to let you into a little secret. And I do know that I'm not really supposed to talk about myself up here. But as a probationer this week, I'm completing my final review form. A form that is basically asking me to explain why I think I'm being called to ministry. The way that my training has solidified that calling and how I'm living out my faith in practice, in community. An easy form, really. But the truth is, I have never felt worthy of God's call. And in fact, like Moses, I spent years coming up with excuses and praying, God, please send someone else. But the simple fact is that God appears to see something in me that I don't. And he's asked me to answer his call, to have faith in him. This has been a long and arduous process that involved me running as far away from this call as possible. But finally I was made to stop and really listen. No, not with a burning bush, but rather through a leukemia diagnosis. Okay, maybe the burning bush would have been slightly less traumatic. Anyway, eventually I did say yes to God. But that doesn't mean that this journey has been easy though thankfully not as difficult as the one that Moses was about to embark on. 
And just as God reassured Moses that he would be with him in Egypt and beyond, I have found comfort in discovering how God equips us for his work and that our obedience is not dependent on our own skills, but on the power of the one who calls us. It is with this knowledge that I know I can face the results of my final review, whether they say yes or no. And while it is true that if they say no, I will be dismayed and embarrassed, I will never regret this experience. The people I have met, the things I have learned, the way my faith has developed and grown. So please, if you're feeling called by God to do something, but are afraid to say yes, don't let that fear stop you. Take a leap and trust in God. The author, Jodie Piku, wrote these words. I wondered about the explorers who sailed their ships to the end of the world. How terrified they must have been when they risked falling over the edge. How amazed to discover instead places they had only seen in their dreams. And this is the same for us when we say yes to God. For it is terrifying, but wow, is it worth it. And I believe Moses would tell us that too. There is one final thing I would like to look at with regards to Moses and God's call. And that's the fact that Moses' obedience led to a series of events that eventually liberated the Israelites. For Moses' call wasn't just about his personal journey. It had far-reaching consequences. And our discipleship, our obedience to God, can have a similar transformative impact in our lives and the lives of others. For when we say yes to God, when we put our faith into action, the effects ripple out like a stone thrown into water. A ripple that impacts our lives, our families, friends, communities, churches, and yes, even the world. So as we come to the end of our reflection on Moses' encounter with God's call and its implications for our own journey of discipleship, let us be encouraged. Let us remember God's call doesn't come to those who are already equipped. It comes to those who are willing to be equipped by him. As we as as disciples follow Jesus, let us walk in faith, obeying his teaching and spreading his love. For just as Moses' obedience led to the deliverance for God's people, our obedience as disciples can lead to amazing things. So this week, as I leave you to ponder my question, what is God calling you to do? What is God calling me to do? I do so using the words of theologian Thomas Merton, who said, Each one of us has some kind of vocation. We are all called by God to share his life and in his kingdom. Each one of us is called to a special place in the kingdom. If we find that place, we will be happy. If we do not find it, we can never be completely happy. For each one of us, there is only one thing necessary 
to fulfill our own destiny according to God's will, to be what God wants us to be. So as I finish today, I pray that you find that I find our special place in God's kingdom, that we find the happiness that only God can give us, a happiness we can only receive when, like Moses, we say yes and trust fully in God and the plans he has for our lives, when we truly become the people who God wants us to be. Praise be and amen. We bring our prayers for others and for ourselves. Healing God, we pray in sadness for the unnecessary suffering that people have endured, the result of the prejudice and abuse of power wielded by others. We think of victims who for so long have not been believed. We pray for those who live with memories of mistreatment and who will never not remember. We pray for those who feel guilty about having not done enough to protect loved ones in their care. We pray for those who seem more intent on protecting reputations or the reputation of institutions rather than by doing what is right by those who are victims. We pray for ourselves that in anger, dismay, revulsion and despair we might be bearers of light in the darkness. In your mercy, hear our prayers. This world is meant to be good and a place of beauty and justice where all, all are valued and cherished. A place where all feel the equal of others. Loving God, creator and upholder of all things, take from our hearts the hatred which judges others by the colour of their skin, their gender, their religion, their nationality or their sexual orientation. Let true love and justice prevail to the benefit of all, for Christ's sake. Amen. We are blessed in so many ways by God, but we're not to keep all that he so generously gives us. Rather, we are to return some of those gifts to him to be used as he sees fit. So let us come now and do that. Let us pray. Generous God, we thank you for our church, for the family of faith who support, encourage 
and care for us, for the nourishment and sustenance of our worship, for the support of both young and old, for the part we play in the building up of strong community life, for our commitment to justice in the world and care of creation. We take nothing for granted. As a church, our existence is grounded in your spirit and supported by the generosity of those who give money, time and talent. May our work be blessed, we pray. And we ask this and bring all our prayers together using the words that your son Jesus taught us as we say together, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Save us from the time of trial and deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. Brokenness, hope for despair. Lord, in the suffering, this is our prayer. Bread for the children, justice, joy, peace. Sunrise to sunset, your kingdom increase. Shelter for fragile lives, cure for their ills Work for the craftsmen, trade for their skills Lend for the dispossessed, rights for the weak Voices to plead the cause of those who can't speak God of the poor Friend of the weak, give us compassion, we pray. Melt our cold hearts, the tears fall like rain. Come change our love from a spark to a flame. Refuge from cruel. Freedoms to share Peace to the killing fields Scorched earth to green Christ for the bitterness His cross for the pain God of the poor Friend of the weak Give us compassion Spark to a flame. 
ravished earth, oceans and streams, plundered and poisoned, a future of dreams. Lord, and our madness, carelessness, greed, make us content with the things that we our service, we would like to thank you for joining us for worship here at the Peninsula Churches. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to just drop a note in the chat and someone will reply as soon as possible. But for now, live in God's love, love as God loves. Listen for God's call and serve one another as Christ served his friends. Be humble always. Raise one another up. Champion the voiceless. Cherish the vulnerable. Challenge the way it is I been. Bring in the kingdom where all may walk tall and where none are made small. Go in peace. Go in joy. Go in love. Go with God's blessing. And may that blessing the blessing of God the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit be with us, those we love and those we should love, today, tomorrow, and always. Amen.
Upon. 